The following aviation podcast is presented as entertainment, not flight instruction. Though some participants are certified flight instructors, their comments, opinions, and discussions of flying techniques are theirs alone. None of the co-hosts or guests on this podcast are acting as your flight instructor. Please consult your own CFI for guidance on your specific flight training, aeronautical knowledge, and aircraft operation. This is the Stuck Mike Avcast, an aviation podcast about learning to fly, living to fly, and loving to fly. Episode 59, Aircraft Salvage, Recovery, and Transport, an interview with Fast Aviation Florida coming up now on this edition of the Stuck Mike Avcast. Now, here are your co-hosts, Victoria Newville, Sean Moody, Rick Felty, Carl Valeri, and Len Costa. Hello and welcome back to this edition of the Stuck Mike Avcast. I'm your host, Len Costa. Joining me on the show today are my favorite group of aviation junkies. Starting first with Mr. <laughs> Carl Valeri, who actually uh, can't be here today uh, for a very good reason, as a matter of fact. He just recently got married. So uh, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Great pictures uh, online. They look like a were they? like a beautiful ceremony. Yeah, it just picturesque you know right by the water yeah it was it's funny because he's he's rushing around calling me and he's like len how do i how do can i live stream this on Ustream for my parents who can't make it they, his parents are elderly and they couldn't make it uh into town so you know, we're getting that all figured out so i had a chance to actually join the wedding later on oh, in the cool. day but uh yeah he's uh he's enjoying himself on his honeymoon with his with his new bride and uh so he will be Joining us on the next show, as I understand. But uh, congratulations, Carl, and we uh, look forward to seeing you next time around. But uh, joining us also from her studio down in Frederick, Maryland, is Victoria Zyko. Welcome, Victoria. Hello. I have a very warm puppy on my lap. <laughs> warm and uh, chatty. He's been a little chatty today. He's been growling and like just that roar. And mm. then I put him on my lap and he's fine. He's so fine. He's That's happy. where he's going to be. He's like, hold me, mom. Hold me. Yeah, he needs some cuddle time, yeah, I guess. No doubt, no doubt. Very good. Uh, from his studio in Massachusetts, Mr. Rick Felty. Hello, welcome. It's, uh, great to be here. Um, almost wasn't here. With <laughs> my my computer is completely falling apart. So I, uh, but I, I scrounged another one, and here I am. Yay! Yours is falling apart. Mine's brand new and wasn't set up. Yeah. It's just been a hodgepodge <laughs> of messes tonight. Uh, right. But right. I was here on time with working equipment. Yes. You were. You were. <laughs> yes. Victoria wants it noted. <laughs> Please note that gold well, star. And Bob, thank credit to Bob. Absolutely for, for, for fixing the the technology. There. Yeah, fixing your yes. microphone. If only Bob I had I had, had him here to fix mine. I might have uh, might have not been so late today. But right. anyway, uh, Mr. Sean Moody once again joining us from his studio in Lexington. Uh, welcome, sir. It's been a long time. Hey, yeah, it has. I uh, was out of the country for a couple of weeks and and kind of getting used to the real world again. Glad to be back. <laughs> Well, make sure to listen to episode fifty-eight because we did talk about you uh, and whatever. That's it what is. I hear. Yeah, so Let's if you check that out, if you want to know what we said, uh, no, it's all. <laughs> I'm good. afraid. Should I? It's all good things. I promise. <laughs> Let's do the pre-flight. Welcome, welcome everybody. Uh, we've got a special guest today who we're going to talk to here in just a few minutes. Uh, really cool, actually. You know, topic and. Uh, um, something I have sort of been fascinated with for quite some time, but as I mentioned, we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, on the last show, I had mentioned that we had uh, made some changes to the website. So for a couple of, a couple of announcements that we have today is uh, 
there have been some additional changes to the website. It's now been configured for membership access. Uh, that membership access is for the uh, purposes of delivering our first digital training product. Uh, Carl and I got together and recorded a training product, an e-course, that uh, will be delivered to you. Uh, once you sign up, it will be delivered to you. It's uh, all done online, and it is called The Practical Guide to Winter Flying. And what we do is we sit down and we, we break it down, all the things um, winter flying for general aviation pilots. Now, this is all based on our previous experience as flight instructors, as well as cold weather operations experience from our time working at the airlines. Check that out. The website is practicalguidetowinterflying.com. Um, also, we've got a couple of new blog posts on the website at stuckmygavcast.com. It is uh, one of those is I wrote about the record-breaking airports worldwide, which has some really cool things: highest airport, lowest airport, longest runway, scariest approach, kind of things. Very neat blog post on the website. Check that out. And uh, another one, which actually stemmed from a piece of listener mail that we had gotten uh, received from Victoria's experience going up to Ottawa and uh, so we have I've shared the um, the listener email and that blog post is called flying to Ottawa here's one recommendation and the gentleman goes on to talk about some of the other places or the other airports and the other FBOs in the area uh, why he suggests them and all that kind of stuff so very uh, very Good information there. In fact, I do have some other listener mail that I do need to reply to and share with you guys uh, on the website, but uh, we'll get to that in the next show. And um, before we do get started today, a quick shout out to our sponsors, Aviation Universe and Four Pilots Only. You can visit them, stuckmikeavcast.com forward slash Aviation Universe, the uh, premier pilot shop in the Chicago area. Not only do they have training uh, materials and memorabilia and all kinds of stuff, but uh, you've heard them on the show before. You know how awesome they are and just a great gr uh, great group of folks. And uh, it's if you're ever in the Chicago area, I actually suggest you go in their shop. You can meet their dogs, Orville and Wilbur, which uh, the first time I walked in there and met the dogs, they're they're large, extremely friendly dogs. But I, I was in stitches laughing at these dogs' names. <laughs> so I was like, well, okay, so flying royalty here, very nice, nice to meet you. And uh, also stuckmikeavcast.com forward slash four pilots only, uh, the iPad knee board that is actually um, currently in use by one of our co-hosts here, Mr. Rick oh. Felty. That would be me. Yes, that's right. Uh, you've talked about it before, but it is a great item. And one of yeah. my favorite things about this particular um, kneeboard is their their guarantee, their warranty. If you if it breaks for any reason, even if it's your own fault, drop it, break it, whatever, they'll replace it. Um, pretty cool folks. So do check them out. Now entering cruise flight. Now, like I said at the beginning of the show, we do have a very fun guest today. Our guest comes all the way down from sunny, warm Florida, which I guess she's really taking place for Carl, to, uh, Carl today while, uh, while he's out on, uh, on honeymoon. But um, a, a woman, as a matter of fact, that I happened to stumble on somewhere, somehow in my travels of the internet, who is uh, not just a pilot, but also an aviation business owner. And she's here to talk with us today about aircraft salvage and a whole bunch more. So I'd like to welcome today uh, Rachel Payne. Welcome. Hey. How's it going? Oh, it's going. Uh, just 
hanging out. Glad I'm in the office and not out in the hot shop. <laughs> yeah, I heard it was about 90 degrees down there. Yeah, it was really hot. And we were unloading a bonanza, taking all the wings off, and then um, we had parts all stuffed inside of it. And so we were doing that and moving everything around, and there's just parts strewn, like, everywhere outside the shop. It's it's a mess. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. So, um, first of all, I wanted to get you know, to know your aviation background, we do this with all our guests, how you got interested in starting aviation, tell us about your flight training and all that such. So uh, tell us, first of all, where did the, your love affair for flying and aviation come? Well, I'm going to have to blame that on my father. <laughs> um, he pretty much started it, which he got it from his father. And it was just, I guess I was just born into it. And he had a repair station here at and um, at my home airport, it's just north of Orlando. And he's now a, a chief inspector in an FBO, and he also works for me on his uh, time off. And um, it pretty much started out. I was that kid that, like, when I got in trouble, I had to sort microfish. And um, it was just, it went on from there. And I've just been around airplanes and being at the airport. And I actually, my nickname was the hangar brat because I was always <laughs> at the hangar. And <laughs> I was always at the airport and, you know, I remember when all my friends would be going to the beach and all, you know, going on vacations and stuff. I got to go to the airport and do washings and we did a lot of uh, fly-ins and it was a highlight of my childhood. I really enjoyed that. Well, that sounds pretty cool. So when did you first start uh, flying yourself? Um, I've been flying, I guess you could say, uh, not logged time <laughs> for a long time, ever since I could sit up front and my dad would just let me fly and stuff. And I mean, I knew how to land and take off and do all that stuff before I was able to, uh, do any real instruction. Cause I couldn't get my medical for a long time due to, I had a lot of heart issues, I ended up having open heart surgery at 19. And then I had another heart surgery, which ended up with blood clots and it just went on and on. And I actually just got my license. I finished it two or three months ago. Well, first and foremost, congratulations. That's very <laughs> congrats. That's a pretty intense story. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I remember the doctor said that the first thing I said when I woke up in ICU was, um, can I get a medical? <laughs> <laughs> wow. So supposedly you can't get a medical if your heart valve is re uh, right. replaced, um, but you can get it if it's repaired and mine was repaired. Thank God. Wow. Wow. That's, uh, that is very fortunate as a matter of fact. So, wow. So we've got a the most recent pilot here on the show. That's very exciting. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, it's really cool because I have a lot of different, different, uh, I guess log time. Like I just got beach 18 time this last week and, um, stagger wing and, uh, I hit some three G's in a bonanza. So <laughs> oh. I'm loving it. So I think the term hangar brat would fit uh, would fit real nicely right about now. That's pretty <laughs> yeah. cool. Yeah. Well, uh, that's awesome. So, okay, so you've yeah, you've been flying for a while. You've had some ups and downs, uh, you know, with with the health issues, but finally overcame that struggle and we have our newest private pilot on the show. That's awesome. Um tell us, you know, what's it been like since you've got your license? How's how's what's that that feeling been, you know, overcoming these, uh, these obstacles for you? Uh, well, I'll tell you what, when I got it, I pretty much cried my eyeballs out just because I had to reschedule it like two or three times. And, 
it, the medical was just a big pain in the butt. I have a special issuance. So every single year I have to go do a stress test and I have to go do an echocardiogram and get all this stuff done. So once I had it done, it was like, holy cow, I'm a pilot. <laughs> and I like took all my friends flying that have been dying to go flying with me. And I actually go and fly to airports now. Just I go to like random little airports and I go lurk around for like <laughs> derelict airplanes. Yeah, I go with a big box of um, business cards and flyers and I go uh, bug guys in their hangar. And there's like old guys working on airplanes and their hangars. And I just I taxi up and I get out and I'm like, hi, <laughs> do you want to sell some of these parts or what are you going to do with this old airplane? And <laughs> now I, so I pretty much just fly around, lurk around in the skies. And I just really enjoy it. It's it's the best freedom I've ever felt. And I'm really surprised that not everyone does it. <laughs> Well, I'm sure you get a lot of response lurking around those airports or show, you know, <laughs> arriving as a um, a blonde woman looking around for <laughs> yeah. looking around for help. So I'm sure you get a I'm sure you get a lot of a lot of assistance. But that's cool. So um, yeah, and you were talking, you know, bringing business cards with you. And part of what we wanted to talk uh, wanted you to share with us today is your experience um, in that business. Now, you do run an aviation business, and that is uh, primarily dealing in aircraft salvage. Now, how did you get, I mean, with all the things, uh, with your father's experience and whatnot, and you working your, getting your private certificate, how did you find your way into the salvage business? Um, well, actually, my grandpa uh, started it, and he owned part of the Lansing Airport and just started collecting airplanes. And then after he passed away, my dad pretty much accumulated all of his airplanes, and he built, my dad built uh, his 182 with his dad and I built my 172 with my dad and we've always accumulated parts. And when I was 15, my dad's like, well, what do you want for a car? And I was like, well, I don't want a car. I want a truck. Cause I rode dirt bikes and I wanted to put stuff and I wanted to be like in the back of the truck and I wanted to be able to like tow stuff. And, um, he's like, well, you're gonna have to find a way to make some money. Um, and so eBay was just coming out and I remember seeing all these parts, seeing all these airplanes everywhere that my mom always complained about. And I just was like, well, why don't I sell this stuff online, you know, and like make money off of it. So I did a commission thing with my dad. It was always an argument. Like I was like, all right, well, I'll give you 20%. Oh no, I'll give you 30%. No, I want 40. And, uh, I ended up just selling a bunch of his parts. And then I started selling other people's stuff. And then I went to his work and I convinced the avionics department, all they, all these FBOs and these maintenance facilities have parts laying around. And I just went there and I was like, okay, how much do you want for that? How much do you want for that? And I make a list and I take pictures of everything and I put it online and I would give them what they want for it. And anything else, you know, there above, I would take as a commission. So it started out like that. I got the truck I wanted and it went on I actually kind of went away from it for a while and I went to school for ATC and that's been kind of difficult to get hired on with there and I did a bunch of different stuff bartending I thought I wanted to do broadcasting and it was just I don't know I fell back into it and my husband um couldn't get hired either with firefighting and we were we seriously were sitting there like what are we gonna do and we just got married about a year before that. And we had um, a little guy on the way. And we had we had like $350 to our name. And 
I had, I was selling some of my dad's stuff again and I had some other stuff that I was just doing on the side. And I had a customer call me and he wanted, um, this part. And I told him, you know, how much it was going to cost if I found it. And he said, okay. And I found a cut up fuselage and I bought, I paid $150 for this fuselage and I used the rest of the money to pay our bills. And that's pretty much how it started. It was seriously like the luck of the draw. And then from then on, I was like, all right, this is what we're doing. And we pretty much stopped doing everything else. And it turned into fast aviation. And uh, it's a lot bigger than I have ever expected. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of which, how long have you been in business with uh, doing salvage? Um, I guess you could say two, three years, but really it's been since 2003. Okay. Um, but really hardcore hitting it and, you know, turning our home into an office and we have 10 acres just south of the airport and cause we filled up our hangar within three months and we're like, well, this isn't going to work. So we got 10 acres just south of the airport and, uh, we have a big shop on there and we got fuselages everywhere and, um, that's, I, we work out of there. So now it's, that's what we do. Hmm. You know, this, this sounds like it has the makings of a discovery TV show, you know, like, uh, the, the antique pickers that go around, to, you know, <laughs> searching, this could be really cool to watch a salvage, um, professional go around seeking old dirty gems, hiding in strange places and collecting parts and, and, and selling them. I would enjoy watching that. Um, so, you know, one of the first things I wanted to ask you was about your recent trip. Now you were telling me offline that you have been gone for like the last three weeks, uh, <laughs> meaning on the road away from your home in Florida. W what were you doing? Um, I wish we were having, uh, I wish it was more of a vacation, but we call it a workcation. We do hauling on the side and we'll haul airplanes. We transport airplanes. We'll go break them down and, and move them. And, I found this Bonanza up in Michigan. Actually, a family member of mine found it, and he told me about it. And it was just north of Lansing, and uh, my whole family's from there. So we go up there every year, and I went up there, and I talked to this old lady, and um, I worked with her son, and uh, I just bought it. And it took me, like, two years to get it. So um, we went up to Michigan. We we went to uh, we first went to Tennessee. We dropped off some cars, picked up some more cars. We do like Porsches and Volkswagens, like old, like souped up cars that are like lowered and stuff. So we did that. We dropped off a couple cars along the way. We went up to Michigan, and I got to visit some family. And we went and tore apart. I had a friend from Grand Rapids come over with his jacks, and I mean, less than an hour, we had these wings off, and I was. We got that all torn apart and then we started digging their hangar and I found like fabric, uh, control surfaces, just all these other parts that is, you just would never think were there. So we worked something out with the, the owner on that and we picked up the Bonanza and then we left there and then we went down to Tennessee. Oh no, I forgot. We, we had a guy call us from uh, Brazil. And he uh, purchased a Glass Star. I don't know if um, many people know about that. They're experimental airplanes, and they're really neat. You can go from a tricycle gear to a tail dragger, and like I think it's a, an hour. You can switch it out, and you oh. can put. Uh, well, yeah, it's got a 360 in it. It it hauls butt. It's faster than my airplane, and it's just a lot more fun. <laughs> So this guy bought it, and here I am in Ann Arbor picking up this other airplane. So we had two airplanes on the trailer, 
It's hanging out like 12 feet. And we go to Tennessee. And we went to the beach party, which um, for those of you that don't know, is it's part of the Beechcraft Heritage Museum, which is in a little town called Tullahoma, Tennessee. And it was the coolest experience I've ever had. Like it was it was it felt like I had a new family. It was amazing. And I had so much fun and and we went there to sell parts and we we had a sign on our, our table that said gone flying because there's people doing flybys all the time. I emptied my GoPro three times because I, it was so full of just videos and people just take you flying. Like I was, I flew a beach 18 and like we were just going in people's airplanes and hanging out and it was awesome. And so we did that. And then we finally got home late last night and came back to reality. <laughs> and yeah. Yeah, I don't right. know. I think I would rather be back in Tullahoma. <laughs> I think I would be too. I've never flown a Beach 18. One used to fly in every Sunday when I was, uh, I started flight training when I was in high school. And I worked at the uh, the airport cafe washing dishes. So every weekend uh, after I was done working, I would go take flight lessons. But in the morning while I was there, every, it was either Saturday or Sunday, but every weekend religiously this beautiful blue and yellow beach 18 would fly in and everybody would pile out and come in for breakfast and i would just scratch at the window drooling going oh my gosh i would just love to get into one of those what was that like what was flying the beach 18 like it was it was actually really easy <laughs> and everyone's like oh well you have to adjust for the weight and I don't know, like it was instinct, like, you know, trim is your friend. I was right there on the trim and, you know, it, it was so easy to fly and it was so much fun and it didn't seem that heavy and it's like so hard to explain. It was mm -hmm. such an amazing feeling to be sitting there. I mean, I was in, in the right seat just sitting there and I was flying in Beach 18 and I have a video of it and stuff and it was just, it was easy. It The plane just, it wanted to be flown. Mm -hmm. It was just amazing. Beechcraft are like that in general. They're they're very smooth, nice airplanes to fly. They're ahead of their times. I am officially a beach nut, and I've always been a Cessna <laughs> girl. Yeah, I'm. I've always been a Cessna girl at heart. But I want a Bonanza. I want a Staggerwing, and I want a BJ18. That's all. <laughs> just, just uh, no. Those the three, list huh? keeps going, oh, and I okay. want a 210. <laughs> <laughs> um, how about Rick or Sean or Victoria? You guys ever flown in a BJ18 or you know any There's, other beach aircraft? Not flown. Oh, I have. Yeah, they have and the Bonanza, but that uh, that's not quite as cool as the eighteen. <laughs> oh, but they they say that's the Cadillac and the Staggerwing is a Rolls Royce. But the the Bonanza is so easy to control, and it was mm -hmm. it was so I had so much fun flying it. And you know, when I'm in my one seventy two and I'm going like ninety knots, and my dad passes me in the one eighty two, it's like you know you kind of like kick yourself in the butt. You're like, dang it! But when I got on that Bonanza, I was like, oh, I could pass him, <laughs> you know. <laughs> And like turning and just everything was just so easy to fly. And I, I just, I, you fly with your fingertips, mm -hmm. you know? It definitely feels like you're more on rails uh, in, the, in the Bonanza as opposed to a Skyhawk. Yeah. It just, uh, yeah, the, the control, the feel of the controls. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's all about street cred. You got to get yourself a Bonanza so you can whoop your dad's butt in the air. <laughs> you know, it, it all started with dirt bikes and, and now it's, it's going to be 
with airplanes, unfortunately. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a very competitive person. My husband and I are constantly betting each other, like, airplane knowledge. And he's one of those guys that knows. He'll sit there and watch a history channel and remember everything, mm-hmm. you know? He's just, he knows all this stuff. And I'm just like, how did you know that? <laughs> I have a similar husband. It sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but... You know, it's my husband, he's working on his AMP and he's, he's not a pilot. That's his next goal. And it's, I can finally do something he can't. <laughs> yeah. That's not, uh, that, that'll bring some competitiveness in the family. Oh yeah. That's, um, yeah, it was actually funny cause you were just, you were just talking about your husband. So yesterday, um, Rachel was texting me cause we were trying to, we were trying to figure out how we were going to get in, in touch today to do a quick audio test and get her all set up on Skype, make sure she was good for the interview. And so I'm like working on, um, on the membership website yesterday and I'm just completely in the zone. My phone's in like, do not disturb mode. And, uh, I get this email alert that I have a voicemail and it's this really strange phone number from Florida that I have no idea who the heck it's from. And I listen to it and it's a man with a, a rather Indian-like Pakistani sort of accent talking about his camel. And I'm like, what in the heck is this? And a little bit later, I get these text messages from Rachel about um, if she had called the right person, because I have a I have a goofy voicemail. Um, so it was sort of in line with that. But uh, yeah, it was, it was hilarious. I'm like, I was like, who? Because I'm trying to figure out who the heck's calling me and prank calling me about camels. <laughs> and it was, it, was, yeah. it was your husband. Yeah, he has a lot of different accents. His favorite is Spanish. With It's I, it's all, he's, he'll speak English, but everything's with an accent. Mm-hmm. But he does Hank Hill the best. Oh. Yeah, like we'll go through the McDonald's line and he'll totally be <laughs> Hank Hill. I remember one time my aunt was sitting in the back seat and she was, she literally like fell over laughing. And the guy on the speaker was just like, uh, your total is $12. Like didn't know what to do. <laughs> nice. Um, well, so that's cool. Cause it, it's been a, a long time. Like I said, at the beginning of the show, I've been really sort of, I think fascinated by salvage just because of it's, Air, it's, it's airplanes, new and old. It's parts. It's you know going around and finding stuff, hiding in cool places that you can either bring back to life or resurrect or you know put up for sale for people that have parts and stuff. And it's just really cool. I mean, what's your favorite part about being in the salvage business? Making my customers happy. The fact that. Like, I know what it's like to pay $300 for a battery tray cover. <laughs> you know, I just, this plastic thing that I tried to make, like, my own with fiberglass and it just didn't work out so well. Um, I have customers that call me and they're looking for these parts. Like, I don't just do salvage. I, I just, I'm in the business for saving airplanes mm-hmm. and I want people to keep flying. And general aviation is not going to stay alive if, prices are through the roof. It's just, it's not in the cards. You know, we're already paying fi- almost pretty much five dollars, five to $6 a gallon for fuel. So I, I want to go out and I want to find the parts that my customers are looking for. I have a lot of people that look for antique and vintage stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a couple Bonanza uh, guys that, I mean, they eat this stuff up and it, I, I lay awake at night thinking about where can I find these parts and <laughs> I, 
I vow to myself that I'm going to find them. And when I find them, it's their, their voice. Or if I see them in person, they're just so ecstatic. And they're, they're so excited that I found this for them. That's what makes me happy. It mm-hmm. makes me happy that someone can get back in their airplane and go flying. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like a really cool Easter egg hunt. Oh, it's so much better than that. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Victoria has a question for you, Rachel. Go ahead, Victoria. Yeah, I was just curious how many uh, women you come across in your industry. I know when I show up in an airport, usually I'm with Bob, so they assume he's the pilot and talk to him, not me. So being (laughs) that you're looking for parts and, you know, yeah, know all these parts to this aircraft and stuff, um, do they ever, you know, not take you seriously? Oh, yeah. No, like our voicemail at the office, it says like, if this is an emergency, call Rachel at da-da-da or David at da-da-da. And every single time they call David and David always hands the phone to me and is like, here, talk to her. She's a boss. <laughs> and it it drives me nuts because people just think that you you don't know anything. And I, it goes with the flying. like, oh, my gosh, is that girl on the left seat? Oh, that guy must be your instructor, you know? And I'm yeah. like, nope. <laughs> So um, I really don't see a lot of women in salvage. I mean, the wives, um, I have anyone around my age. Uh, it's really hard to find women in aviation. I actually, one of the girls that works for me is a really good friend of mine. And uh, me and her were doing our flight training together. And uh, she, we have all our airplanes in the Orlando Christian Flying Club. And she, I met her through the flying club and now, um, she's been working with us at the office and it's just so cool being with someone that just understands, um, where I'm coming from. And like, I can say, Hey, go grab the da da da. And she's like, okay. And like, knows what it is. You know, it's just really nice to be around other aviators that are female. It's like, I hear you. That's, that's a good thing. I'm happy to hear there's uh, people there that, you know, you can relate to women think differently too. So when you say the da da da, you know, she'll know, <laughs> oh, the thingamajigger. Okay. I'll go oh, that. exactly. I know where that is. Yeah. <laughs> I have two women in the office and it just keeps things organized. And they actually, they do a lot of our listings. Like I used to sit for hours till like two, three o'clock in the morning, listing things. I'd be cleaning parts and taking pictures all day long. And then I'd be up till two, three in the morning listing stuff. And me and David, my husband, would take turns doing this. And now I have two girls that run the office things and and they do all the inventory and stuff. They're just so organized. And um, no offense to any guys. I, I mean, I think you guys are organized too. But I mean, I really like having the manpower out in the shop. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I was curious. What's... Um, What's the coolest experience you've had in salvage, whether it's the coolest find or the coolest um, place you've been, uh, you know, retrieving parts? What's just what's what's your favorite experience you've had so far in salvage? Oh, gosh. That's a hard one. I have a couple. Uh, A family friend of mine that I've known forever. uh, He was kind of like my Florida grandpa because all my family's up north and he had a 1941 Aranka Chief, and it was owned by BD Mall. And I had, I just sold it to someone that was going to rebuild it. And that was the thing is I didn't want to part it out. Like I had everything. I had all the paperwork. I have, I have like the NTSB report from when uh, BD Mall put it in the ice. It was, it was, it's just, I love those little things like all the old documents and stuff. 
So I was just really excited because that went to someone that loves it just as much as I do. Um, another one, I found a 1946 uh, CB. And I am a diehard, uh, like I love Lake Amphibs. I love float planes. I just, I love amphibious airplanes. That's something I, I you know, I have the 46 CB now, but it, you know, it needs to be put back together, but I found it in downtown Orlando and like all these houses were like all built up around it. There was a sewage thing in front of it, like a hill. And we literally came in and had to, we had to put the trailer up. We had to hoist it up onto the hill and get it all up on there. And I didn't realize how big a CB was until I got it on our trailer. I'm like, holy crap, David, we need a bigger trailer. So that's how we went from a 25-foot to a 40-foot trailer. Um, it, that was really cool. Um, I went I went and took my girlfriends out to lunch. We did the $100 burger at an airport, which I'm not going to tell you my honey hole. But I was asking this guy about these that I saw on the Internet. And he's like, oh, I got some more parts over here. And we walk into this building, and it was two stories of airplane parts galore. Like I, I wasn't wearing my depends that day. I really needed it. Uh, <laughs> I pretty much made my, I, I was dying, literally dying. You know, it's like most girls, they like go to the mall and they go buy like their coach purse and they get so excited when they walk in there. And that's what it was like. I was dying. I was like a little kid in a candy store and I just start pulling parts. I'm like, okay, I'm going to make a pile and I'm going to try not to spend too much money. It, it was just like buying shoes. <laughs> you do sound like American Pickers. That That's a TV show. <laughs> yeah. More like, like when you walk pickers, into those huge but... sheds full of stuff. Oh, you're and you're trying so hard to act like it's not a big deal. But really inside, <laughs> you're like, you're like hopping up and down. You're like, oh, my God. Dear diary, jackpot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was dying, dying. <laughs> Rachel, what's you know you you talk about finding parts for people and and sort of making their day with something they need. What's been the hardest to find thing that you've ever had to look for? Um, it that was my beach, my Bonanza guys. Well, Staggerwing stuff is really hard to come by. I still haven't found any, but I I we specialize in early Beechcraft, early Bonanzas, and the hardest thing that I still can't find is a trailing antenna. Now I found. Actually, I can touch it right now. I have in my office sitting here, like staring at me, is um, a couple parts from a trailing antenna. But another thing that I thought I would never find would be a Motorola radio, which was this this HF antenna that went with a trailing antenna, um, the whole radio in there. And it's like Motorola made them for Beechcraft and there's these little push buttons and all this stuff and they're super hard to find. You'll never find one. There's one in like the Smithsonian. That's how rare they are. Wow. And I found one this last weekend. And That's I awesome. had I had a pair of NOS uh, early Beechcraft blades that I found the first time they were ever opened. If you look on, I have a blog and the first time they were ever opened was when I got them. And the pick tags, like the Beechcraft pick tags matched the serial numbers on the blades. And this guy came up to me and he, it, it was a, his buddy was 93 years old and he, and he flew to Tullahoma in his Bonanza. And he was like, oh, I got one of them old radios. And I'm like, uh, what? Are, are you kidding me? 
And uh, his buddy was like, well, I really want those blades. So right now I'm in the works of trying to work that out. But that's something that's been really hard to find. Have you ever found a flux capacitor? <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, like anchor fluid. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. My dad says that all I'm the so time. I'm so glad you guys laughed. I was like, are they going to catch my reference? Oh, yeah. yeah. I've been holding it. it in. Love it. Like, my dad says that all the time. <laughs> I like your dad. Yeah. It sounds like you've learned a lot gradually since being a kid about planes. Like, yeah. you know... All the stuff, you know, you just, you're someone I can just tell who now has just this encyclopedic knowledge of planes and how they're, what they're shaped like and how they're built. But, but then, but then what? Sorry. You should meet my dad. You should seriously, you can be like, (laughs) Hey dad, what's that AD note on da da da? He'll be like his mustache, like flopping in the wind. And he's like, Merle, that is like AD blah, 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 dash, da, 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 paragraph five. He can. I can show him a part that you never, ever know what it goes to. And he goes, well, that fits a da-da-da, and it fits this year to that year. And then it was only made for six months. And Wow. Yeah. Cool. It's bad. Like, don't <laughs> ask him a question because you'll be there for a while. And it's a big <laughs> learning experience, and you'll be there for a while. <laughs> right. right. Well, it sounds like you're getting there. I'm trying. I'm yeah. really trying. <laughs> it, my brain's on overload a lot. So That's very cool. What's – I mean, do you – frequently go out and like find gems in strange places or what's what's the usual stomping ground or kind of uh you know pattern for trying to track down parts if there's an airport there's going to be parts Mm -hmm. so anytime we're driving or the best thing to do is to fly in there like why would you lurk on the outside when you can't get in there um i was in Asheville. i don't know how i worked this out maybe it's because i was wearing cut off shorts and a tank top but um (laughs) I went to Asheville airport and I was, um, talking to the FBO manager and I was like, uh, Hey, you know, what's your uh, day rate? You know, cause I have family in Maggie Valley and we fly up there from time to time. So I was asking him that. And then, um, I gave him my car and he was like, Oh, you, you do salvage. I was like, yeah. And he's like, Oh, we got an old 310 out here. And then, um, this guy, I can't remember his name. I think his name was like Mike or something like that. And he's like, yeah, Mike will show her around. And then all of a sudden I'm in this golf cart driving around the airport and he's showing me this. And I was like, wow, any other airplanes? So then he's got keys to all these hangers and we seriously go to all these hangers and he's like, oh, there's this guy. And then he's showing me stuff and I'm leaving business cards and it's just funny how you get places, but if there's like the old grass strips and stuff, find old, old grass strips. Those are good places. Um, I actually, when I was up in Michigan, I found a twin Navion, which is really rare. And this guy actually knew my grandpa and remembered when my dad was a hanger brat. And I looked on the FAA registry, like looked online, looked the end number up, found his address, went to his door. And I was like, hi, uh, you might know my dad. And that's how that started. It's just, it, it literally is knocking on doors. Like me and David went to, um, a flying, flying community and we just went and knocked on people's doors and like all the wives are at home or people look at you like, uh, no, I don't want to buy Tupperware or whatever, you know, (laughs) you're selling today. I'm like, no, I'm into airplanes. And then Oh, I know this guy, da-da-da, you know, oh, this old guy stuff's been sitting in a hangar. It's just all about, you know, meeting new people, and they all have the same 
uh, they're all in the same realm as you. They love airplanes. You love airplanes. It kind of all works out. You know, I'm there to save it. Not, yeah, you know, I don't want it to go to scrapyard. Have you yeah, ever had a negative experience when, uh, on the hunt for stuff? Uh, no, that's why we bring the gun along. Hey, <laughs> there it is. <laughs> um, uh, well, we have not- a show title. Say again? Uh, and we have a show title. That's, <laughs> that's why I bring the gun along. <laughs> yeah. No, there's some, when, when my husband used to search for like old Volkswagen parts, there's some crazy people uh-huh. out there. I mean, up in the mountains, like where we used to live up in North Carolina, they'll come out with their shotgun and be like, you know, you can't even understand. Like that guy on uh, on Hank Hill, he can never understand what he's saying. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, boom boom I <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that's what it was like with their shotgun. And you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Um, I usually don't have a bad experience. I think it maybe it's uh, the blonde girl walking up thing. I don't know. I. What's the, you, you mentioned scrapyard. I assume there is some part of your process that's, th- this no longer is likely to have value. Let's get it out of here. That's it- where, that's where Etsy comes involved. Uh-huh. I try my hardest to not have to go to the scrapyard. I haven't been to the scrapyard in two years because wow. I, um, I go post, we have this, uh, reci- it's called aviation recycle on Etsy. And it, if, for those of you that don't know, Etsy is like a, uh, like a artsy fartsy site, I call uh, it. Right. You can find all handmade stuff. It's really cool and vintage stuff. So I post airplane parts and stuff up there that I think would be cool art things. Ah. Like, yeah. I have a lot of guys, like I have some parts that are up in Chicago in the, in some art museums and I have people that make tables and, uh, just, oh, that's so cool. I'm still yeah. looking this up I, right now. I love Etsy. That's awesome. I, yeah. I've sold Lorans. Wow. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, it's all like, you know, the um, steampunk. I don't know if like yeah. they make. Yeah. They make things out of like old, uh, like industrial stuff. And they make bracelets and as a, I don't know. They have goggles and all that stuff. And I, I get a lot of people that are into steampunk and they want all like the stuff with the vacuums and they What's tear your- apart. Etsy store name. I think it's Re- Recycled Flyers Club. Let me see. I'm looking at. I'm looking. Hold on. Oh, I don't. <laughs> I'm always just on there, and then I don't remember what my <laughs> name is. I just post the stuff, and people contact me. Oh, it yeah, Recycled Flyers Club. Right now, we don't have a lot of stuff on there just because I've been so, I've been busy and gone. And I got, let's see, I got a wing on there. Yep, I got a wing on there. I got a VOR indicator. I got some, oh, I find like old microphones and stuff um, from like the 40s and the 30s. And I like the um, Bonanza keys. Is that a key? What is that? No, that's a, that's an emblem. Yeah. And I actually need the emblem. It looks like a key from the distance. Yeah, like I find like old emblems. People are into that stuff. You'd be surprised. I might like take off the logo on my car and just throw it on there. (laughs) (laughs) I still have the same effect, but yeah. (laughs) Yeah, who needs who needs a uh, car emblem anyway? When you can have a bonanza emblem. That's That's right. right. That's baller right there. (laughs) No, I'm kind of digging the the wing. 
Yeah, I have a lot of wings. We don't sell a lot of wings. They're just really big and bulky and annoying. And actually, that's a pretty, it's a solid, clean wing. It came off of serial number 746. Yeah, I've turned into one of those geeks that like knows the end number and the serial number. And <laughs> it's really bad. <laughs> uh, that so. is my new dream bookshelf, I think. <laughs> a wing, uh, that, that's good. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. Um, Rachel. So this is a pretty interesting business that you're in. And I, do you have any scary stories? I mean, we've talked about some of the fun, the hard finds, the different experiences. Do you have any scary stories in being in salvage? Um, Besides, you know, Boomhauer. Oh, yeah, with your gun, that's pretty scary. <laughs> <laughs> right? Oh, gosh. Um, you know, sometimes like when we're loading airplanes and stuff, it can be pretty, pretty intense. Like you're, it, sometimes it's just me and David and we're like, we're trying to get these airplanes on, on a trailer and it's just not working. And like, I fell off the trailer when we were delivering, um, an airplane a couple months ago and it, I just missed my step and like, oh man, the whole side of me was bruised. It was bad. <laughs> I'm like, man, this is why I have insurance, I guess. <laughs> but I mean, you can really get hurt when getting on these airplanes. It's really hard to get this stuff. Like you go in the middle of nowhere and you're on this grass strip and here's this airplane has been sitting there forever and you don't know what's in it. You know, there's spiders. That's the worst is digging in Florida are spiders like black widows, brown widows, huntsman spiders, those big monster hairy ones that could eat your wiener dog for lunch. It's bad. <laughs> and then roaches. I hate roaches. I am. I'm like, I feel like I'm a pretty tough girl, but I am deathly afraid of roaches mm -hmm. and I find them everywhere and I hate it. That's scary. <laughs> you know, I was wondering, cause you've had, you talked about this before taking these airplanes apart. How did you learn, you know, to jack an airplane and take the wings off and, you know, all this stuff that you do have to do to basically disassemble this, this piece of equipment for transport. Uh, let's see, like this Bonanza that we just got, it was serial number 146. And I have um, a maintenance manual from a 40 Bonanza that's all ratter, ratty and tattered and all this stuff. And I actually went in there and read in the maintenance manual how to disassemble the wing because they're different than like the later models. And they're, it's like four bolts on each side and like you unhook some lines and they pop right off. Bonanzas are actually really easy to tear apart. Um, Cessnas are really easy, like 150s, 152, 172s. I do a lot of 172s. I've learned over the years from my father. Um, a lot of times it's a learning experience. It's me and David sitting there like Googling stuff, and, like calling my dad or my dad's there. And, How do I do this? Like a lot of times if, if it wasn't for my dad, uh, we would have been there for hours. Uh, well, cause I'm curious. So obviously you, anybody can take the airplane apart, but there's a mechanic or an AMP, or can you put them back together as well? I don't understand the process yeah, of reassembling. Um, my father's an IA and AMP, so when it comes to like 
taking certain things apart, like autopilots and stuff like that. I pay for him to do that just for the fact that it needs to be done correctly. And, you know, this is going into someone else's airplane. A lot of our parts, like if it's not going to be airworthy ever, if it's BER, then I'm not even going to deal with it. It's probably going to end up on Etsy or in a scrap pile. Um, the safety of the people that I, I send my parts to is my main concern. Like I want them to fly. I don't want my part to hurt them. And, you know, they have to check with their mechanics and all that stuff to make sure stuff's airworthy. But um, uh, it's it's just, just trying to be safe. Um, and, I mean, I, I don't really put a lot together. Uh, we mostly tear them apart. Except for one 172, now that I think of it, we bought – I went to an auction at a grass strip. And it was a bunch of older guys – and this guy didn't pay his hangar rent for over a year. And I went there and I, I won the airplane. And my dad came out. We went out there every single day. And then we went and uh, did the uh, annual on it. And we <laughs> I went in with my 172. And me and my dad flew back. And I pretty much prayed the whole time that he wouldn't have uh, fallen out of the sky. So. <laughs> oh, no. That was scary. I will say that was probably one of the scariest moments because I remember right before we took off, like I hugged my dad and I was like, don't die. DD, don't die. <laughs> yeah. And I, he took, I took off and then he took off and then it was a flight of two and it was my first flight of two. So I felt really cool. <laughs> and, um, and we, I fly in a class Bravo airspace, you know, so I'm going back over with approach and, you know, my dad's behind me and it's like, the whole time I'm like turned around and I'm looking. I had my my girlfriend with me, and I think that would have been the worst thing ever is seeing something happen and watching my dad yeah go down. Like yeah. my dad's been in accidents before, um, back in the day, you know, due to fuel contamination and stuff like that. Um, before there was that AD with Cessna with all the fuel sumps, but um, it can be pretty scary when you're ferrying an airplane and you're flying it out. You know, that's where that's where you end up in NTSB report real fast. It reminds me of that very obscure television show since we're there's a, there's a lot of TV show references here today. Airplane repos. I don't know if anybody oh, has seen that. I know all those guys. <laughs> You're like, yeah, my, those my are my homies. Mike Kennedy. Yeah, yeah. like I, they've known me since I was a little baby. Like dad, my dad and Mike Kennedy used to work together. And it's like. You know, it's funny, all of this stuff is really blown out of proportion, but it watching it and stuff, like Mike Kennedy, he is a living badass. He really is. <laughs> Excuse my language, I'm sorry. Beep. <laughs> it's I mean, the show is definitely over dramatized for concept perspective. The fact that you're, you know, walking into a, a hugely unknown situation. I mean, you're going and approaching this airplane that you have to pick up, you have to recover. You don't truly know what condition it's in. You have, you know, a very small window to determine its airworthiness and then to gain access uh, for to repossess it and fly out. And it's the idea actually, I think it probably scares the heck out of me more than most things in aviation because you could end up in any number of situations because you don't. I mean, you don't have time to talk to the pilot or the owner and find out what this nuance is or what's wrong with the airplane. Right. I mean, you jump in this thing, and uh, like you said, you know, it could be a it could be a bad day. So that's really it's really interesting to me how how you know, there there's obviously that side of the business as well as aircraft repossessions, which uh, yeah. 
could be a lot of fun and has uh, a potential for some very interesting price tags and recovery fees, but comes to for me with some interesting risks, if you will. Just it's it's wild. There's some uh, there's some uh, scary situations out there. I'm like watching that show. A lot of times you want to go and like contact you know the the owner that's been delinquent on it and try to work something out with them because you know there's guys that are you know pretty like I guess you would say like butthurt over it and they'll they'll totally put stuff in your fuel and like totally drain the oil and yeah. like really mess things up. I mean, you could really, really get killed. Yeah. Doing that. It's scary. Yeah, that is scary. And because <laughs> somebody's not able to pay for something and they're willing to kill you over it is really, I know. And then you're just <laughs> a middleman. <laughs> yeah. That's outrageous. That's absolutely outrageous. Uh, Rick, you did have another quick question, I believe. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I was wondering how often you transport planes that are closer to intact, you know, that aren't just going to be pulled apart. Do people need you to transport things like that? Um, like maybe they've been damaged and they have to get them somewhere for fixing up? Yeah, like the um, the, the glass star that I just got. Yeah. It had a, a low RPM prop strike. Uh, someone left the tug on and uh, this guy in Brazil bought it. So we, we just, it, it was cool. The wings fold back. So all uh, we did was folded the wings back, put it on the trailer cool. and we, um, it's going to Miami and it's going in a container and then going over to Brazil. So we do that stuff too. Cool. Um, I mean, I would rather ferry a plane than, than yeah. have to tear it all apart. It's really not that much fun at the airport. <laughs> right. And then, and then it's a transaction that doesn't mean you have you know, wings piling up, right? Right, I mean, exactly. I mean, there's there's a good side to that, but you also want to manage some of that because you you've got a limited storage and limited space and all that. So. We have a we have a wing rack um, <laughs> system on top of the truck, and then we have a whole entire uh, rigging system on the side of all the the, wow. the trailer. Like you have to have that stuff set up, otherwise you sure. don't have room. You have to take the H stab off, and sometimes the the vertical is too tall, and you can only be a certain height. For DOT and right. all this other, wow. all the, all these rules. <laughs> rules, rules, rules. I know. I don't like <laughs> rules. Wow, that's all cool. Very cool. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I would much rather fly an airplane to Brazil, too. But uh, uh, we, ta we talked about <laughs> this. I would be really scary. <laughs> we talked about this on another show, though, like with aircraft with folding wings. I just, I'm not, I'm not very happy with that concept in general. <laughs> you know, an aircraft that automatically... Uh, for transport, the wings fold back. I'm like, oh, why? I'm glad well, they don't it, it do that as in flight. It was more than just fold it back. Like I had to install a like a bracing kit. I mean, you have to take everything apart, and there's like these bolt, the typical wing bolts that are in there. And I mean, they're, I mean, I guess they're cotter pinned in. But I mean, if you're going to be an experimental, I mean, when then uh, that's how it goes, right? Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Well, I think we'll have, uh, maybe this will be the last question before we wrap it out, but uh, we've talked about a bunch of things. How about what's, you know, the 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 longest distance transaction you've had, whether it's been uh, finding a part for somebody or ferrying or shipping uh, an aircraft? Um, Australia. I have a guy over there that's got um, an Azrec, Aztec. <laughs> he's got an Aztec over there and uh, a lot of people um, overseas, they don't have a lot of uh, options. So mm -hmm. I've, I send parts out there to Australia. Um, I get a lot of people from Canada, um, South America, Africa. Oh my gosh. There are people that want 150s like crazy in Africa. Really? 
Yeah, South any Africa. Idea, any idea why? I don't know. I guess they're just easy trainers, um, and you can just maybe throw another person in there. They do it probably for like I think like medical transport and stuff like that, and um, smaller town like the remote towns and stuff like that. But I don't know. I guess it's kind of hard to get one fifties. That's my only guess. I don't huh. really ask too many questions. What? I mean, even for medical transport, that's still a small airplane. That's like yeah, one. Yeah. That's like a pilot and the right seat removed so the patient can be right. laying flat or something strange. Yeah. It reminds well, me can't of Alaska. Say she's supplying drug runners, you know, out loud in the public. <laughs> oh <laughs> but, my god! You know, it's that South would, America. It's probably that, diamonds you know, or something. Honestly, I don't. Want, yeah, I. I don't want to know. I mean, I just, I just take the payment. <laughs> I just work here. <laughs> I don't want any part of that. <laughs> Yeah, don't tell me what you're doing with it. Just uh, as long right. as the check cashes, I don't care what you do. <laughs> yeah. That's a good philosophy. Uh, very cool, Rachel. It, you know, it's been super neat getting to know um, more about you and, and a lot about the recovery business. Uh, we talked a little bit about the company that is Fast Aviation Florida. Uh, I believe you do have a website. You're also on Twitter and Facebook and Etsy. If you happen to have all of those handy, you could share that uh, if, uh, you know, anybody wants to get in touch with you. Yeah, um, our website's fastaviationflorida.com. And we have uh, an eBay store, so of course, because that's where I started. So I sell a lot of stuff on there. And uh, our name on there is Fast Aviation. And um, on Facebook, you can find us under Florida Aircraft Transport. So Very cool. Well, um I think I don't. I don't think anybody else had a question. Am I right? Anybody? Rick, uh, Sean, Victoria. No, I'm good. Oh no, it's not good. Crickets. The after landing checklist. Well, uh, if uh, if you've enjoyed this show and you're looking for any of this stuff that we've been talking about on the show, you can visit stuckmikeavcast.com forward slash five nine. That's fifty nine. Over there, you'll find access to the show notes. Also, do us a favor when you get there and like, tweet, or share this uh, share this show. Don't forget to leave us a comment on the blog as well. Uh, if you found this episode um, useful, thought it was informational, you know, just enjoyed it, liked it, sh- you can support the show by clicking any one of our, or visiting any one of our sponsors or affiliates listed on the website. Uh, don't forget to, to send us your questions, comments, concerns, or even show ideas. I do, like I said at the, earlier in the show, have a couple of. Um, listener mails to get back, uh, you know, uh, email back. Also, uh, we'll, we'll mention those on the show. But if you want to get in touch with us, you can visit stuckmikeavcast.com forward slash contact. Uh, over there, you'll have access to send us an email. Um, you can send us snail mail if you really ultimately desire. You can uh, leave us a voicemail. You can access all of our individual co-host contact information from there as well. A uh, special thank you to our sponsors, Four Pilots Only and Aviation Universe. From myself, um, Len Costa, Victoria Zyko, Rick Felty, Carl Valeri, who is enjoying his honeymoon right now, Sean Moody, and our awesomely special guest, Rachel Payne. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Stuck Mike Avcast. Until next time, fly smart and fly safe.
You've been listening to the Stuck Mike Avcast. Members of the Stuck Mike Avcast may receive compensation for products or services mentioned during the podcast. Compensation may be received in the form of, but not limited to, referral commissions, free products, or service trials. Our opinions and views are never influenced by any compensation, and you should always perform your own due diligence before purchasing any products or services mentioned during the show. The Stuck Mike Avcast is an aviation podcast, a Len Costa production.